When Adam and I were brainstorming on the concept for the Wayfinder show, we had two main objectives. One, to interview badasses. I was, I in particular was most fascinated with people who had overcome some difficult circumstances on their way towards badassery. Two, to inspire others to become badasses through the stories of the people we interviewed. As soon as we started coming up with a list of people to interview, there was one name that stood out in my mind, Jose Ortiz. When I finally connected with him, he was somewhere in Puerto Rico and about to go on a bike ride. I told him about the Wayfinder show and asked him to record with us, which he did. We ended that recording like we always do with our Wayfinder 4 and then asking him how listeners who want to know more could connect with him. You will hear shortly that he told us that at that moment, he just wanted to surf, run, and bike. And then he referred us to his nonprofit that he founded, Run Hope Work. On April 15, I looked up at my Facebook page and I started seeing many messages of condolences about Jose. Upon further investigation, I learned that the day before, he had been struck by a car while riding his bike and died that day. To know Jose was to know one of the best possible human beings our maker ever created. He overcame great odds to beat addiction and homelessness as a young man to become a very successful entrepreneur, selfless servant of his community, fierce competitor, and outstanding endurance athlete. But most of all, he was a loving family man, and I know that is what he will most want to be remembered for. Though his smile seemed to be such a regular fixture and may have well been a tattoo, it was never as big as it was when he was near his beautiful wife Kristen or his children Maslin, Bella, or Diego. Jose did a lot of amazing things in his life without ever looking for recognition. He just saw a person or community in need and took action. It was almost like a reflex for him, as I'm not sure he gave it much thought. Like when his beloved island of Puerto Rico was devastated by Hurricane Maria, he was the first to charter a plane and take much needed supplies to the island. Or when he recognized the power of running to transform lives, he started a nonprofit called Run Hope Work to do just that. The stories are countless, and in digging through his Facebook page, which has now become a virtual memorial of his life, I found this one written by Bobby Anderson to be impactful and most symbolic of who he was. Seven years ago, I could only run four miles. Jose took me on a run. He kept trying to convince me to try to run 10 miles and I refused. He said, okay, well, I'm running 10 miles, but we will do a loop where my house is at, the five mile mark, so you can stop and I'll keep going. We talked about so many different important life decisions I needed to make at that time. At one point, I felt like we definitely went past five miles, and I said, Jose, I don't think I can run anymore. I have to stop. He said, I'll show you my watch, but promise me you won't stop when I show you. I agreed. He showed me the watch, and it had just crossed the nine-mile mark. He said, you thought you couldn't do 10 miles, but you're going to. The last mile, I wanted to give up multiple times. My body was exhausted. Little kids were walking out to go to school and Jose told them, tell him he can do it. Tell him to keep running. They started chanting, you can do it. Go, go, go. After my perception of what I could do as a runner and what I could do with my life, 
in general changed. We ran 10 miles together again in Ocean City the following year. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. As you can see from Bobby's testimonial, Jose left a lasting impression on all of us that he met because he saw our potential and believed in us more than we did in ourselves. I want to thank Jose's wife, Kristen Mikulski-Ortiz, for allowing us to turn the interview we held on March 25th into a tribute for him and use the materials we have cited from his Facebook account. She has asked that you also consider making a donation to Run Hope Work by going to runhopework.org or clicking the link in the show notes. In the near future, we hope to release an episode with some of the people from Run Hope Work and the alumni who have been impacted by this amazing organization that Jose started. Before we go into the show, I want to read one last message from the Ortiz family that they posted on Facebook. It is with heavy hearts that we announce the passing of Jose Ortiz, a brilliant, generous, and creative giant of a person. His loss is felt deeply by all those who knew him and by the many people whose lives he touched through his work and his kindness, many who may not have even known him. The powerful force of his genius and generosity is an endless ripple effect. Jose was a true visionary with an unparalleled creative talent. He had a profound impact on everyone who had the privilege of being with him. We are grateful for the time we had with Jose and for the many gifts he shared with us. We extend our heartfelt condolences to his friends and colleagues during this difficult time. And we will honor his memory by continuing to be inspired by his example of excellence, creativity, and kindness. Here is a quote from George Bernard Shaw that captures the spirit of who Jose was. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community and as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it what I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die, for the harder I work, the more I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle to me. It is a sort of splendid torch which I have got hold of for the moment, and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to future generations. With love, the Ortiz family. On behalf of the Wayfinder Show, Adam and myself, we would like to express our sincerest condolences to the Ortiz family. Please know that you have our utmost support in any way needed. Jose, thank you for being in my life and inspiring me in many more ways than I had recognized. I look forward to joining you on that great trail in the sky one day for many fun runs. Rest in peace, hermano. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. All right, welcome back to The Wayfinder Show. This is Adam, my partner, Louis. Louis, how's it going today? Oh man, living the dream like always, Adam. 
Yo, I heard you did a, you finished 75 hard. I did. Yesterday was my last day of 75 hard. So Nice, man. So did you celebrate with a beer this morning? <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, no. I woke up and, and went and worked out and went for a run and then worked out after that. So that's awesome. So haven't really changed anything habit. yet. What? Yeah. You built a habit. I mean, really good habits from that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a, a great program to go through and, and yeah, exactly. It, it's kind of honed in on some discipline and, and reminded me how great I feel when I, when I do eat healthy and work out very regularly. So not looking to really shake that up too much, to be honest with you. That's good. That's good. We're going to have to have an episode, a uh, deep diving on that. I'm, I'm really curious about yeah. 75 hard. Maybe you can get me to do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. At least it might help right. the listener out. But enough about me, man. We got a we got a very great guest today. Since you know him, why don't you lead us into and introduce us to Jose? Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to have uh, Jose Ortiz on today. Uh, I've known Jose for when I first moved to Baltimore. I was running an organization called Eblo, uh, which is a like a, a after school program for Latino kids in in Baltimore. And we had gotten this building. It was an old library building in Baltimore that needed a ton of work. And the guy who was the founder of the organization. Was like, hey, I know a guy. Call this guy. He'll uh, he can put in some flooring for you. And uh, and this guy Jose <laughs> comes over and he he was like, he just came by himself and he just, he you know put in the flooring all over. And I'm just asking him questions, getting to know him. And uh, before you, I before I knew, I realized this guy owned like a a really big flooring company in Denver, in Baltimore at the time. And I'm like, why is he over here doing it himself? And, uh, and it was really because he just cared so much about giving back to the community and all of that. And, you know, he's, he had people everywhere, but he really wanted to give back. So he just Very came cool. and put in this floor and we got to know him. And it, it, it was it, since then, I just try to keep building that relationship because he was one of those people I wanted to surround myself with. Right. Well, he's talking about leveling up and he was definitely level up for me. So um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce uh, Jose Ortiz. Welcome, Jose. Um, thank you, Luis. Hello. Yeah. Do you remember that moment at all? <laughs> no, but you reminded me of it. I don't remember until you said it. And all of a sudden, I started thinking about Jose. And yeah. Jose was inspiring to me, actually. He was very helpful for me to even just my beginnings, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, real part. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, Jose um, Ruiz was a, a guy who had founded that nonprofit, by the way. And you know, he's since passed away, so may he rest in peace. But he did a lot of great things for the Latino community in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And uh, but you know, what I remember about you, Jose Ortiz, was you when you were telling me your story, you showed me the picture of your your little van. You had a little white van yeah. that you used to lock it with a padlock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I won't forget yeah. that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. You used to keep so, it around. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad you remind me of that. I haven't thought about that in a while, but uh, you know, I really, bro, I'm just, first of all, man, I'm just grateful and I'm just amazed how even my life has changed, and I don't even know how it happened to be quite honest with you. But all I know it is it's just been work, and just and 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 like perseverance and just not quitting. Really, that's the model, the bottom line, not quitting. But I'm gonna give you a little bit of like. That van, I remember that van. That van, that was my first, how I started was, um, you know, I had a, I couldn't keep a job, actually. I was doing, I was in the flooring. I just got myself, I was, I was queen, you know, I was, I was actually in a mission in Central Avenue. 
and I came out and uh, and and then I was up. Uh, I had a friend, which I met through recovery, that I needed a place to stay. I got I got kicked out of a halfway house. I had it was probably like eight months. I was in in it and um and then what ended up happening? I was walking around. I remember it was really hot as summer, and I had to get a fan and and it was I didn't have a place. And I met this this young guy out of Rochester actually, and uh, he had a place in St. Paul Street. He had three three four floor brownstone and like the basement the basement uh uh the bathroom worked in the basement the second floor nothing worked the third floor a kitchen worked and then we slept <laughs> on the third floor and and one of, and so i had a place to stay and and at that time you know i got fired of working and, and and just a little bit about flooring i started doing flooring when i had a girlfriend when i was 15 and her father did and i was in the streets but i got into flooring just because her father did it and I was with everybody in like three months. And the only thing that I did is every time I would look for a job, I would go look for to install flooring. And that's how I learned the flooring industry. So I, I, I did a lot of jobs and every time I would look for that kind of work. Um, so at this time I wasn't working and he took me to this place. And what I would do is I would help him fix the place. And that was my rent. And I would sleep all day. I was, and then at night I would be painting or doing stuff in the house. So the process, I got another, I got a job in, uh, another job It was in Carpetland up in Catonsville. If you remember Catonsville area in Baltimore, and I used to take two buses to get there. And, uh, and I will get there and I was working with an older guy there and, uh, and I didn't last long there. It was another three months. I would always get into an argument with someone. They always liked me because I was always a hard worker, but I just wasn't the guy that, uh, Something will happen. I will get mad and I'll be arguing or something like that. <laughs> then after that, I went to another job called Carpet. Uh, what was, uh, yeah, that was Carpetland. Then I went to another place out in, uh, uh, this was in the Falls Road. Same thing. I had to take a couple of buses. And, and this job particularly, I learned a lot. And they were doing commercial flooring there. And I ended up taking two buses. But every time, I will be late like 10 minutes. Every single time. I will take a bus. And I will take another bus to get to this place. And every time, and the guy, they, they liked me because I was a hard worker, the people there. And in that place, they had subcontractors. So I never knew what that was back back then. I never worked on my own. And, uh, and one time, the guy just let me go because every time I will be 10 minutes late, he would want me to come earlier. I said, look, if you're going to pick me up, but I'm not going to wait an hour because it was like one of those places where you, once you got there, it wasn't enough buses to go through there. So you can pick me up and then I can, if not, I ain't, I ain't going to come. I'm not going to wait out, out here for an hour before you open up. But it was a guy named Walt there. And he says, Jose, you know, you, you, you're, uh, you're good enough, man. You can go on your own. So the same guy that I was living in St. Paul street, I talked to him and uh, he says, ah, oh. so we went and uh, his mom, his mom lent us $500 and, uh, and we bought a man. So he started, okay, we'll do, we'll do flowing together. And that was the van. It was 500 bucks. You know, we, you know, we started maybe a few months into it. The heat came off of it. We used to like put, you know, yeah. blanket on it or whatever. And I remember um, that van, that's what I'm so glad about that van that you're telling me that. The guy <laughs> left it. He didn't want to do flooring. I just kept doing flooring. And, uh, and I used to, and a little story about that van. I used, you know, that van had graffiti inside and it yeah. had all kinds of stuff. And it had padlocks. And, and all I said, one door, one door open, which was the passenger door. 
And I remember I would take dates in it, you know, like I would have a girl take her and I was like, <laughs> she will thought I was like really like, like gentlemen. The reality, every time I would open the door, I left, excuse me, I got to get in first, you know, so I can get in this door. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the, that was the man. And I haven't thought about that for a long, long time. So this is great. <sighs> and uh, well, that was uh, the beginning uh, of that. And, uh, and, you know, and since then, you know, one thing when I went on my own, uh, it was a difficult piece because I didn't I didn't know how to read a tape measure so it was certain things and I, I didn't know how to lay out a room because I never worked on my own I always worked for someone else so I literally learned that by just banging my head and the one thing that I didn't have is I had a word like meaning I would tell the guy I was going to get it done I was going to get it done you know and yeah. um and that's really how I started man that was it you know and that was back god uh, when I first got the band that was back in 92 wow in in ninety two, yep, yep, and then um, and then after that, I uh, I left I left for for a little while, and I met a I met which is my wife now. We've been together. When my my daughter's gonna be twenty eight. Shit, she's gonna be twenty eight now wow. in July. Maslin, she's gonna be twenty eight, bro. So Jeez. she that means I was with her. I've been with her like a month before that. So like twenty nine <laughs> years, I've been with her. 29 years. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah. And um, so she came in my life. She got pregnant. And I didn't really, I did not really want to be with my wife. I just like, man, what am I doing? And I made a commitment to, and I remember a little girl looked in my eyes when she was born. And it's like, she stole my soul. You know, and at that time I left flooring. I was actually just, I was biking and bootlegging t-shirts all over the place. And at that time I was, but I was clean. I was a few years clean and I was bootlegging t-shirts. Um, and I would work uh, maybe twice a month, you know, I would do the, the Preakness. I would do the infield and we will take the t-shirts with and wrap them like in sub paper and stuff. And, um, I would do, we started doing, um, I would go to the schools and, and also do like cabinet hop t-shirts and you know, I have a ninth grade education and I would go to these this is another great story we, i will go to these schools i'm one one of the times i went went to chicago we went to purdue one time and i'm there you know telling them and i will tell you a story that i'm paying for my school and i have to sell on a t-shirt or something like that and i remember i was i picked up one of the, the guys and my buddy will laugh at me and he says so it, the church was like 15 dollars and we have to either give, give us a check or go down to, i guess to the hall we go, go we'll go to their dorms you know have to get and also we have to like be, be backpacks we have to we got caught a few times, whatever, but, but this specific time I will go and tell him this whole story. No, I got to pay for my school. And it, and he came in the elevator to go pay me. So he said, Oh, so what's your ACTs? And I looked at him really seriously. I said, oh, it's 4,600. <laughs> <laughs> so like completely way off. The guy looked at me he didn't, and I didn't know. He gave me the money that I told my buddy, my buddy started laughing, but uh, that was, uh, so that's the stuff, stuff of stuff that I, that I would do. But the one thing that I always did is I, I just, I, when I said something, I would do it, man. And I just would like, I yeah. would work hard, you know? Yeah. So, so that's a so little bit a, of that, how I started. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a great story, man. I really yeah. like how you picked, you yeah. know, opened the door for your dates. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you, when I remember had met you already starting to have some success, I I, I knew yeah. you had quite a bit of business. You had to work yeah. the, the, warehouse and everything but i don't think yeah. i think you're starting to get some government contracts right around that Correct. time and you yeah, you eventually what year, what, what year what year that we met 
probably around oh one oh two oh one yeah got you yeah yeah because yeah. i started i i opened all state floors in 96 but i, I didn't really start doing business like in the 98 yep so yeah. that, that makes sense yeah so how, so what how made you decide it... to, to open that business then? Because, you know, you were in roofing for a while. I, I'm assuming you got kind of sick of it and decided to get into some no, other no, things. Flooring, 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 flooring. flooring. Oh, yeah, always, flooring. Always I'm sorry. Flooring. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, what, I never really left it. I left it because I hated it. And then my daughter was born. You know, my daughter was born, so I got back into the flooring. Yeah. Um, And... So that's really what made it happen. It's really my daughter and just sort of committing, you know, like just shit, I got to change my life and make sure that she gets what she needs, you know? So that was really my, the, the first time that I even, uh, that I went through that direction, if that makes sense, you know? But yeah. the business wise, it was maybe two years before that when I met my buddy got the van, that's really when I started realizing that I could do this. Um, but I didn't have a business mentality, if that makes sense, back then until my sure. daughter came out. Mm-hmm. So what, what was it that happened that it went from being, you know, a solopreneur, basically, or with a partner with a van, you know, just riding around installing flooring to growing like this big flooring company with government contracts all around the mid-Atlantic? Like, I mean, so the first thing, big. yeah, yeah. The first thing is right around. In 98, I had a friend that it was really, you remember Gary? He, I, I um, brought him in. Um, I didn't have no partners then. And um, he was selling cars, but he had it really well-spoken. He was, he was, he was Gary was very well-spoken. Um, and yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So he was, you know, Afro-American and I knew him for a long, long time. Um, but I didn't quite, and at that time he was going through his own transition. I said, why don't you come work with me? Like, well, you know, and I gave, I literally gave him 30% of the business and I gave him 3000 bucks to come in. Um, that's really what helped me because before him, he, I literally just was, um, uh, installing floors for different flooring companies, residentially, commercially. And that's how, what I would do. I would just go to the stores and knock and they will start giving me the work to do the work. So that's how, how that happened. But, with Gary, Gary had a different mentality. He was very like sort of proper. And I was, at that time, I was very scared of talking to customers. I, I wasn't some guy that had that, you know, anybody that had a suit on with a, with a tie, I'll be very like, you know, I automatically thought they were smarter than me. Yes. I just didn't want to even deal with that. So, yeah. So that was, uh, so, so Gary came for that reason and Gary taught me a lot. You know, when he came in, he would tell me little things like, you know, Jose, good for you, you know. Jose, you just got to dress, just a uniform. Just think about like a uniform. Don't think about it, nothing, nowhere else. And so he started like, you know, I trusted him. He's, he's the one who made the calls. And he made me look really good. That's really what happened. So, mm-hmm. and then through that, through that process, I started gaining some confidence. And then, you know, and then, you know, I was always an entrepreneur that I just didn't know it. I didn't know yeah. it, you know. I was someone that always, uh, you know, I guess, you you got to make it happen somehow, you know? So, but that's what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you found somebody who, who basically had the skill set that you didn't have at exactly. the time. And Correct. you, you were not, you didn't try to be greedy and hold on or anything. You let it go uh, yep. and, and, and shared the wealth with them and, and it helped you really grow it. How, how, how that, much that, that time it was very small. I didn't have nothing much. Huh? What was that again? 
Like how much of a multiplier effect was that? Like how how big were you before Gary? Uh, and then how big were you? When I met Gary? Gary, I was maybe maybe doing hundred, maybe a little bit of hundred hundred fifty, maybe the most. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I had a little office right on. Um, you remember because you kind of remember that area, walk right on Harford Road. You know, a little strip mall with yeah. a little like by Montebello Park. If you remember yeah, Montebello yeah, yeah. Park, they're running. It was a yeah. street, a little bit over there, and there used to be a little room. Um, that's I had an office there, which it was probably the size, maybe I don't know, maybe thirteen feet wide by twenty feet deep, and that's where the office was. You know, we have like carpet rolls and the entrance and stuff, and um, and we had two desks back there. Mm -hmm. But the multiplier, um, I was. You know, I wish I could tell you that a business plan, but it was never like that. It kind of just evolved. You know, we just a lot, a lot of my intuition. I just thankful that that I had a lot more pluses than than then, and I. But a lot of it was very much in the spot, man. I would think of something, um, and I believe that if I did the right thing, the right things will come back. So I believe a lot in goodwill. You know, and I, you know, so many people that helped me through the process. So, um, and. Uh, I was just unwilling to, to fail, really, you know, um, it just wasn't in my, don't get me wrong, many times I wanted to quit, but I just didn't, you know? Yeah. You know, I, so, mm -hmm. I, um, I'm, I'm still, uh, if you don't, do you still have Allstate Florida? Yeah, I, right now I'm in the process of letting it go somewhere to my employees, yeah, yeah. Wow. How many employees do you have right now? Well, I used to have a lot more. Now I have all 30, but I used okay. to, at one point I would have I don't know, 150. That's great. At one point, that, so that's wow. all the, um, did you also use subcontractors to do the work or, or you had all? We the, had a the, little the... bit of both subcontractors okay. and in-house, a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. But and I, so, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds like you took you know, that I, thing I, from you in a van and grew it pretty big. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everybody, I also, everybody, but go ahead. No, go ahead. No. No, I was going to say, I also heard that you started doing some work with some nonprofit too along the way. Could you speak a little bit about that? Well, that, that came after, um, you know, there's, that came after, and I think it was a little bit, I ended up going to DC. One of the intuitions again, it's like, I got to open up offices in DC at that time. That same guy that I told about a partner, um, it wasn't working anymore, so I paid them off, and I ended up opening office also in D.C., and, uh, and I would drive, I mean, one of the guys that was working for me at that time, and it was through running, and this was great because you guys, it seemed, I know Luis is a runner, and then you're, in, and, and I started running in 2000 and 2007, that was the first, I did my first, and it was this guy, Matt, that I knew through a landmark just to connect all the pieces together. Um, when I did Landmark back in 2000. Um, and I what exactly is Landmark, Jose? Huh? What is Landmark? What, what is Landmark? What is Landmark? Landmark, I did it back in 99, December 99, that's why I say 2000. And Landmark is just a, uh, the only, let me give you a little bit of, you know, Angelo. Angelo invited me because he needed some money to pay for it. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And it sounded 
at that time I was struggling with the business, keeping people understanding the business. This sounds something that would be great for my training, but it really wasn't. What it was, it was it, it showed me a whole different way of thinking. It kind of took my blinders away, and it was really about um, the essence about what you don't know. Um, like you don't know what you don't know. And matter of fact, that was really the best schooling that I had for business. Um, and it was thinking about, it was really about transformation. Um, it was about, um, uh, how can I, uh, for me, it, it was really about taking the story away or whatever I think about it. And it's all really about my actions um, and the results. Um, an example, one of the things that happened there was that once I, did I did I was involved for like three years after that with it. I would do a lot of classes and a lot of courses. But one of the things that came out is before that I was really just forced and thought that I had to be with my wife. I you know the only thing that I thought about my wife is I thought I loved her because she washed my clothes, she did, you know, she cooked for me or something like that. You know, I never really was able to to embrace that. And I remember one day I came out one Saturday and I saw her. And I was completely in awe with that, with her, and just really present and just alive of just, I'm so thankful that I have her in my life. You know, yeah. that's kind of stuff that it did for me. Um, in, in business, what it did is, um, the reason I bring Angela, because you know Angela, we're mutual friends, um, because he's another right. person that I will have people always in my life that will play a lot of roles that I'll call them like maybe my angels, man, I, I want to say. And, and a Angela was one of them. And at that time, he was really working in the city. He was really engaged in the city yeah. of Baltimore. And he wanted me to be part of this Hispanic Latino engagement. That's how I met Jose this, the whole, at the whole time. And, uh, and before that, remember I told you about the guys with suits? I go and talk to him. And I remember that I had an ad hoc committee for Hispanic business. And, and um, so I got engaged in this committee. And when I did the landmark, I remember sitting in the table and I'm just seeing people with suits on, with the ties on, and I'm terrified. And they were talking about bills. What What about this for the city and all that stuff? And I remember that I was like, I didn't, I remember raising my hand, which is something I would never would do. And that was after Landmark. And I said to them, you know, I really don't know what you're talking about. And at that moment, the whole circle of people that I thought lawyers or whatever I thought there were some special that had some special magic or something they all kind of like really got relaxed themselves and they all follow follow suit and that was the first time that I realized oh people are just they don't know what the fuck they're doing either so kind of so that was a very uh, inspiring moment and 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 I will attribute that moment to a lot of my business after that because after that I just tried whatever yeah. I didn't care I will just try it I said all right and uh and I and and now coming to the nonprofit, 2007, the same guy, Matt, he was working for me at that time. And I met him. We did this thing called team, team management group for like a year to get. So we should drive to Arlington um, every week and do this sort of assisting sort of volunteer program for Landmark. And that's how we knew each other. Before that, it, I would never would have hang with a guy I like him that makes sense but we became really close we, matter of fact he's my financial advisor now because he got into oh, that nice. but, but he um he was running and he said Jose well, let's go ahead and do the half marathon in Philly and I'm like 
Uh, I don't know. All right. And, you know, I said, okay. And I, uh, and I never really ran. I was doing some gym works out and I started running. And I remember the first time that I ran three miles, I was like, wow. I was amazed, right? And then by the time he got to to Philly, he was really committed. He he like, I would say, no, I don't want to go to a long run. And he was like, no, he will literally drive to my house, get me, and he will go to the run. And then I went and I did the uh, the half Philly. And I remember at that time, all I've done was eight miles. And I remember going to a 10-mile marker and it says, run for your life. And I remember seeing the sign and I literally took it to heart. Like I'm running for my life. And since then, I didn't stop running. And, you know, and, and I've done quite a bit of running since, you know, um, and then I got to triathlons and Ironmans and so on and so forth. But the one thing that really, one of the long runs that I had, I remember came to my mind, I got to run, hope work. So it's like mind, body, and spirit. So, you know, mm. and that's how the nonprofit came about. It was really just an inspired thought as I was running. And I thought to myself, well, I do some meditation. I know my mind's the most powerful thing that I need to have to stay still enough so I can work. And, uh, and you know, so it was really about training guys, doing flooring and doing all the trades. Because I believe that, you know, if you don't, if you're not right with your mind, if you're not right with your, your spirit or your physical condition, you, you can't be a good worker. So that's really how Run Hope Work came about. It was an inspired thought. And uh, since then, it's, I don't know, it's, oh, it's been almost eight years now. So sorry, what, what is now. Run Hope Work? What do you guys do? Run, we, we it's, it's actually a workforce development program. And what we do is, we get up and we, we run in the mornings um, or do some physical activity. Just sometimes we have to be running. Um, we could be working out. And um, that way they come at a certain time. And then one thing about running or working out is I've never had a day that I felt bad when I left. Right. So it's a sense of like completion, a sense of feeling, huh, I did something. So to me, it's all about work. So, you know, so that was one of the first senses. And, the, and again, it's just a metaphor. It's not about the physical condition, but it's really a small snippet of life that it takes something you do it and when you're done you know you, you have a sense of accomplishment like you pay your bills or something right yeah and then the other part is the meditating the meditating and when i call that we do meditating or bring people to speak to give them some sort of sense well they always like you know the phones right now everything is like moving it's like the most powerful i tell these guys the most powerful you have is between your ears that's right. you know the power of your mind you know and uh, so, you know, start noticing it, you know, pay attention to it. So, you know, so, and then the other piece who is. Who participates in the program? Sorry, sorry, keep going. Who participates in the program is, is actually 18 to, and now, now it's actually all, many old ages, but it's mainly, mainly guys that, you know, been incarcerated, guys that, you know, homeless, um, and um, they want a second shot. Yeah. And you give them work too. So they come and run with you and then. Yeah, yeah but, but you know something I give them if I can. I mean, I'm not, I'm not nearly as, as big. I can't hire all these guys. That's why we train and we train them in different traits. You know, the, okay. some of the cohorts that have glazing, they got painting. I'm not a painter. They got drywall. You know, now they're doing some IT work too. To me, it's for them to actually 
become self-sufficient and go to work. So it's really not about flooring. It's about yeah. just work itself to get these guys working. So do you actually bring in people to help train them or you just kind of give them the right mindset? No, they got guys that come and train. And then some places they got some, yes, definitely. Some, some, they get trained through unions, they get trained through, and I'm not a union shop, but you know, I know the unions have the best training sort of mechanics. So through mm -hmm. unions or they get trained also the IT is more directly with some experts in IT. Um, so that's kind of the way they get trained. And then some, and then I do the flooring, the flooring, the way that we do, we got some videos throughout. Um, and it's just two weeks. We, the place that we're in, we, um, we either replace where, where we need to stay. And then sort of the landlord, we kind of like make their place better. You know, some of the training is actually, we supply the flooring, we supply the painting and we do their place they're actually training in. The other we've done also is we got is uh, we 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 had this story called Miss Delma, which is the to me it's always this lady in the neighborhood that you know the neighborhood's breaking is all broken down and 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 maybe you know half of it is abandoned, but this lady's been there for fifty years. You know she owns her house. Mm -hmm. um, everybody knows her. She's a sweet you know older lady, but you know her, her house is falling apart. So we go in their house and we might do her kitchen and. Uh, the floors and then we just wow. kind of for like two weeks and then uh we show these guys too how to give it back so to me the elderly is really important yeah so because that's those are those are like the most forgotten nowadays like that's in any anyway that's just my way of thinking about that but yeah yeah jose well, how, how do the how do people sign up like how do you choose the people to participate in the program um, the way they go through is either they go through like job fairs or they go through um, the government um, have they, they have already like a big list of of engagements or they, we go to the uh, the state's office. Um, they have young programs that they want to put this guy somewhere. Um, so a lot of it from either either the state or the city or or just guys that's done it before and they have friends. And they come and apply for it. It's a word of mouth, also. Okay. Mm. And what what does it take? Is there a vetting process? Like at that point, if they apply, like how do you pick the ones that get to participate? Yeah, they actually get paid through. Also, they get a stipend so they can stay in the class oh, okay. through the week. Um, they get a stipend, but also they have to be somewhat in shape. They can do not not so much in shape, but they can, you know, uh, at least walk and, and try to walk for like you know, a couple of blocks. Um, we, we have questions to say, you know, you know, what makes a good worker? You know, it could be honesty, open-mindedness. It could be um, whatever they think. We try to hold them accountable for that. We have this question that's called, there's our tagline. It says, whose life is it? You know, it's probably the only question. I remember that question was asked of me. And I remember it stopped me in the, in my tracks. I was younger and a guy, I've never heard that question. says, whose life is it, bro? And I could never, and it was the first time that I said, huh, it's my life. So it's almost like a self-directed. I can't point my finger at you and say, it's your life. It's only so, yeah. so kind of uh, use this question as a kind of like, like to realize you're the one who's, who makes your life happen. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for that service. I know it's well needed. I, I think we should be looking at having that program go throughout the whole country right now, actually. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, it takes something though. You know, when it's, you think of a nonprofit, it takes a lot yeah. to fund it. That's probably been the most difficult thing. 
you know, we just finally yeah. got a big, the biggest grant we ever received. And, um, but that, that area is, it's, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough gig to get money. You know, when somebody wants to get $50 of reality is you got to pay staff, you got to pay, you know, it, it takes quite a bit to be able to run a nonprofit. Yeah. If people want to find out more about that program, is there a website or anything? Yeah. Or somebody yep. they can contact? Yeah. Run, runhopework.org. Cool. We'll post that in the show notes. That sounds like a a great cause. I'm sure people will be willing to help out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're kind of at the time of the point in the show where we get into what we're calling the the Wayfinder 4. We'll just ask you a few questions that we ask all our guests and and go from there. You ready to do it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. What is one hack that you use in your daily life? Shalster right now. I'm sorry. I didn't get the last one shalster chatster like chat like chatting like you're chatting oh okay c-h-a-t-s-t-e-r gotcha all right and jose what is a favorite a favorite like it could be a book a movie um you know a play something you know that's you just really enjoy um the power of now. Oh man, Hector you're, Toll. Yeah, you're not the first one to uh, bring that one up. That is a classic. Mm-hmm. All right, now what is a piece of advice you would give your 25 year old self if you could go back and let's assume he would actually listen to you? Listen, okay. listen to what others got to say and consider it. Uh, what is it that you think keeps people from being happy themselves? Can you expand on that a little bit? What about themselves? My own perspective, my perspective of what I think it is, not allowing other perspectives to come in play. Like realize cool. the big world out here. Yeah. Love it. All right, yeah. Ho- Jose, this has been good, man. Um, so if, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, obviously there's there's Run Hope work, which we can direct people to, but is there any other way you'd like people to follow along or get to know more about you? Is there anywhere they can go? I don't have anything else. I don't know. Um, okay. An email. <laughs> I can give you an email, but that's, I don't know. Right now I'm in the middle of just, I'm completely going, uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of my, my, I'm just, I don't want to do pretty much nothing. I mean, I'm almost doing something, don't get me wrong, but. All I want, all I want to do is like bike, uh, surf and run. And that's basically what I want to do all the time if I can, but I guess, you know, but you know, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Well, that's what you earned it, man. That's great. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, Jose, it's been an absolute honor to have you on. Like I said, you've been somebody who's been very inspirational to me. Actually, once you said about the power of now, I remember reading that a while back, and I think it might have been you who put me onto that book originally uh-huh. as well. So you you've had a big influence on me. Uh, also, became a runner, um, and it was after seeing how it was transforming your life. And uh, yeah. I remember one time you and your wife coming over to my office and sharing that, and just saw how how you were applying it to your life. And I'm like, hey, if that's helping Jose be successful, I got to start running. So. <laughs> So I, I hope that people, you know, take something from this and like I did from our relationship. And um, and I want to thank you personally and for not just myself, but for all the good you've done for uh, people, the youth and, and people in the mid-Atlantic region with Run Hope Work and 
and you know everywhere else so i i, I appreciate it man and um and it was an honor and i'm sorry that i was late and and uh i was no, sleeping all good yeah. <laughs> all right thank you much I appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Yeah, man. Same. We hope you've enjoyed the Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.